0: Is data now a weapon? Is it the way forward?
1: Is data a window into our future? Is it the new oil? Is data a geopolitical game changer?
0: Is it a friend or foe to American democracy? For space
1: permit. How do we know? How do we know anything?
0: Welcome to Data Reveal.
1: Before we get started with this week's episode with Femi Ayan Badejo of Health Real, Wanted to give you a sense of how I met Femi and a little bit of the backstory. Interestingly, it brings our reflections on 9/11 into the equation. Eric Daler was a mentor of mine. We worked at a company called Milestone Equity Partners before that e incubator. He connected me to Femi recently and introduced Healthreel and also his company that he's participating in, PureFlex. And we were all a bunch of entrepreneurs and, and Milestone Equity Partners post dot-com boom, a number of successful companies, of course, lots that didn't succeed. But what stood out to me and stands out to me as I look back on nine eleven and the disruption that that caused, the people that were there then building technology didn't expect the kinds of disruptions, at least I didn't, we didn't certainly plan for events like nine eleven. the kinds of disruptions that really now we've almost come to expect, pandemics, insurrections, uh, many other events that just sort of disrupted, at least for me, the, the bubble of sort of mainstream American life. But technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs like FEMI give us a different way of looking at disruptions. Disruptions sort of jar us, awaken us to think about new possibilities. And what I love about what you're about to hear, and really entrepreneurship in general, is the passion and vision that someone puts to taking an idea and giving it legs, and in this case, giving it a new health platform. When I worked with Eric, it was sort of a male-dominated world. Great mentors, Eric, Chris Bradley, Pete Bianco, who passed away tragically too soon uh, to cancer, Nelson Cooney, Alan Kaplan, Giles Somerville, uh, Jackson Taylor. These are maybe names you haven't heard. They're Big names for me. They loom large in how I came into business and technology, thinking about data. And every time I get a connection from somebody like Eric and meet somebody like Femi, I dig in. I know it's a great relationship. And Femi indeed does have something powerful to bring. And I'm very impressed by it, not just because he played for the Ravens, Super Bowl champion, because he's a broadcaster and has a voice that when you listen to, you just want to run through a wall, which you'll you'll pick up as as we get into the episode, But there's more. Uh, He's studied, he's put the work in, and he really thinks about personal health, self-health, and the community experience of health in a way that I think creates a platform, a platform for innovation within the health space that can track data and use data in ways that, look, we have these devices, we have watches. we have things that make us aware of the data about our, our person, but being able to project that and use that, save lives, increase health outcomes, it's worth paying attention to. I'm certainly excited, and I hope you are, too. And without further ado, let's jump in. Hey, welcome to the Data Reveal Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fidelli, along with Andrew Churchill and Courtney Hastings. Welcome. Hello. Howdy. And we have a special guest, Femi Ion badejo Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And you did a good job with my name, brother. Right on. Thank you. Well, for those who are uh, listening, this is uh, a real treat. For those of you who love football, like I do, we can have a whole football podcast with Femi, former uh, NFL uh, player. Femi, it's a pleasure. We could talk about sports all day long, but we're not. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We look forward to talking to you today about Health Real. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Looking forward to uh, digging into it.
1: Well, just as a quick initial caveat. This is a personal podcast. Click is the sponsor, but Courtney, Mark, Andrew, Femi, these are our opinions. So anybody who hears what we're saying, uh, this is just us talking and uh, look forward to getting any feedback from those uh, responding uh, online. So without further ado, Femi, let's talk about the NFL first. You started as an NFL player, you pivoted, you're an entrepreneur, you're an innovator in fitness health. Just walk us through your journey. How did you get here? I mean, I, I've, I've heard you describe it, but I know it's a pretty interesting story. And I think for listeners, uh, you know, most NFL players don't end up in the data space the way you did. So just walk us through how how'd you get to this moment and, and what you're doing today?
2: Yeah, so I think I've always had an interest, whether I knew it or not, human performance has always been inside me, maximizing my ability, self-actualization, whether I knew the terminology or what it all meant, I always wanted to be the best version of myself. And at the core of Health Reel, the goal was to help people be the best versions of themselves. And my stepdad got a PhD at UC Santa Cruz. His emphasis was uh, psychology, experimental psychology, and that rubbed off on me a bit. When I ended up getting my scholarship to San Diego State, I ended up studying psychology, and I always made decisions. On what puts me in the best position to excel and succeed. And I've been doing this since I was a little kid. Once again, kind of on autopilot, just looking at a situation, strategically analyzing how do I get from here to here? And whether that's asking questions, nutrition, supplementation, sleep, making mistakes, learning from those mistakes, I started to see a tapestry form over time that started to make sense. And When I played in the NFL after leaving San Diego State, I would always probe the doctors and I would, I hired a nutritionist and I hired a state of the art, you know, personal trainer. And I blended Eastern and Western philosophy medicine to maximize my career and my ability to stay in the sweet spot of my career. I played 11 years, you know, that's about three or three and a half times the the average, four times the average of a, of, a, of a normal NFL career. Yeah, that's amazing. And a lot of that had to do with being um, calculated and strategic about uh, the things that were important. And sometimes you got to be selfish. Um, you can't take care of anyone unless you take care of yourself first. And I know I'm speaking at about 30,000 feet right now and I skipped a lot of stuff and I'm sure we'll get into it. But I think that The foundation of Health Real is this curriculum I started writing during COVID. And it revolves around what I call the four levers of self-health. The first is survival. The second is information and information quality. The third is awareness. And the fourth is what I call traditional health performance metrics, sleep, exercise, nutrition, preparedness, and support. And each one of those is its own book. But I started to see how these things cascade together or co together so to speak and the first thing you have to do to move to the next thing is survive and survival is personal it's subjective it's big it's small it's literal it's figurative there's layers to survival and once you survive an event what do you learn from that event what do you deploy from those learnings and then how do you help others by sharing said event as to save them pain in the future How do you value information, process information and vet information and deploy information? What is your awareness level when it comes to the people in your life, the behaviors in your life? Are they serving your goals and purpose or are they distracting you or creating more survival events? And then ultimately the simplest part, which is the nutrition, sleep, exercise, support, preparedness, all that is only gonna be in place if you manage the other three levers appropriately. Mm. And so what I wanted to do was create a digital self-health platform that focuses on assessment and education. And that's really what Health Real is about. It's about my journey my journey of self-actualization, the mistakes that I've made, what I've learned, it's a bit of Maslow, it's a bit of mm-hmm. Femi, it's a bit of my strength and conditioning coaches, my my literal coaches, my teachers, my doctors, my life, my kids, my two kids' moms, right? You know, I have a unique life and it's not always been easy, but it's mine. I own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that understanding that we all have idiosyncrasies about ourselves as individuals in our lives, um, and if we're mindful and aware um, that- it can be all good. It's not going to be perfect, but it can be all good. And it involves a lot of self-awareness, uh, a lot of planning and sharing of responsibility with people. It involves being transparent, apologetic when necessary. And sometimes you've got to be a follower and you've got to be the co-pilot. you got to let other people lead sometimes and you've got to be supportive, whether it's your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your boss, your coworker. You can't always be the one that has all the ideas. And so I think that this... These concepts are complicated and it's deep and I'm, I'm blowing through them really, really fast, <laughs> but it it's, that's my shit, dude. That's my jam. That's, that's how I get down.
0: I love this. I got to unpack this term a little bit. Self-health. I, I don't know if that was, I don't want to just skip over that because I yeah. think, you know, self-help to me has always come across as very mental, emotional, but mental, emotional and physical health are, I think all tied together. Correct. As, as a person, I have uh, struggled with anxiety my entire life. And to deal with it initially, it's always been about exercise for me. And it's something I have to do every day to keep my my mental and emotional stability. And the sort of physical benefits of that have always just been a bonus. So I love this tie-in that you've made and and would like you to unpack that term a little bit more.
2: Yeah. So in Courtney, you hit the nail on the head. We are complex beings and our mental, emotional and physical health are completely tied and tethered to each other. And I don't use the term self-help because it's just not a term that I prefer to use. And I know that that's a hot term right now. I think self-health and understanding the the tie-in of depression, anxiety, stress, exercise, nutrition, love, support, survival, awareness, information. It's all of it. You know what I mean? And so my goal has always been and my belief has always been that we have the ability to heal others and heal ourselves. And when we don't, we ask for help. But the goal is to understand what the fundamental pieces are and how it all fits together. And when it becomes too much, we lean on another human being. I I believe in that 100 percent. And so when I built Health Real, the assessment piece comes first. Like, let's figure out where we are. Where are we from a weight standpoint? Where are we from? A body compositional standpoint, where are we from a depression, anxiety, and stress standpoint? Where are we from a type two diabetes risk sense? Where are we from a metabolic performance angle like when do we need to be at a caloric deficit? Do we need to lose weight? Do we need to gain weight? Health Real can really do all of that, and the goal here is to teach people how the puzzle pieces fit together so they can manage their self health and then when it becomes too much, we also have a backup other human beings, coaches. Practitioners that can then help get you to that next level when you say, "Hey, you know, it's a little bit too much for me," or "I don't really understand how this works." And then they teach you, right? The the, the goal here is is we don't hand out food; we teach you how to farm. You know what I mean? We don't hand out anything; we teach you how to acquire a, a particular skill set, a particular tool, right? That's the goal, and that's that's why I like the word self health, and that's why I use it that way. I, and from an unpacking standpoint, court does that does that make sense? I hope I hope I didn't hope oh, I, I got it for you.
0: That's perfect.
2: Cool.
1: I know real quick, just to push on that point a little bit. <clears throat> I've never heard anybody, first of all, self-health, I've never heard anybody say that. Second, I've never heard a sort of story of integrated data where you talk about the person that can help you when you, like that. that's our health is tied to each other is the direct quote. And so Unpack that a little bit, if you don't mind. I know from a data standpoint, each of the facets that you talked about, I know there's BMI, we love and and we nerd out on like metrics and KPIs. But this holistic idea, you're blowing my mind right now. So I have like 10 questions. I know probably Courtney and Andrew do too, about how I personally can work on my own self-health in this paradigm. I got to lean on people too. Walk me through, walk us through like that part, our health is tied to each other. How'd you come to that realization? And how does that sort of factor in
2: yeah so you know most of us don't live in a cave by ourselves right we're not cats you know what i mean we're not we're not mountain lions where we have a territory and no other cats come into that territory right humans rely on other humans and everything we do from intimacy to rearing children to work it it involves other humans and so you know we we are pack animals that way and i think that to truly self-actualize You know, I have a phrase that I use that self-awareness plus selflessness equals self-actualization. And what that really means is that you have to understand who you are first, right? You got to take care of yourself first. You have to understand what your needs are, what your goals are, what your weaknesses are, what areas you need to improve in. And as you identify those things, right, you also have to understand what the person next to you, what their goals and needs are. And then how can you guys collaborate to make sure everybody gets what they need? Right. That's the idea here of leaning on another human being. And sometimes that relationship is completely transactional from the standpoint that it could be a therapist. And it's not always a bad thing. Right. Because you're you're hiring someone that is a professional to give you something that you can't do on your own. But what I find, though, is that the people close to you. If they're self-actualized and they're well-rounded, they're better prepared to manage themselves, but also co-pilot with you. And they're also okay with you driving and then also letting and then you're also okay with letting them drive when necessary. You can't have all the ideas and solutions come from one person. It has to be a joint venture, right? And that's that's really the kind of the crux of this idea that if you look at the five stages of survival, it is survive, assess, learn, deploy, share. Right. And the idea of sharing is that hopefully through shared survival events that we understand that there's tragedy, there's trauma, there's depression, there's anxiety. And most of the negative feelings we've we we have from a survival event is due to trauma. And we all experience trauma. Now we all have lower and higher bars for what is traumatic, right? Based on who we are, but on some level we all experience trauma. And trauma is usually what leads to most of the mistakes that we make or the repetitive mistakes that we make. Wherever you are, Wherever you go, there you are. You can move to Alaska, Hawaii, China, the North Pole. But if those things will follow you if you don't address your mental, emotional, and physical health. You see how layered these things are? They're so tied together. You know what I mean? And I don't think that anybody that I speak with looks at them as a a solar system or a galaxy of things that are revolving around each other and co-mingling. They're a living, breathing body of events. And you – have to understand how each thing tugs and pulls on the other, you know, that's really the foundation of it. I was about to get super like, you know, astrophysics analogy driven, but I'm going to save that because I I didn't, I don't want to start talking about gravity and black holes and shit. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) So I, I don't, hopefully I wasn't breaking up too much there. So with that, let's, let's break into health real itself. So the gravity, the black holes. So you have a holistic approach. How are you getting sort of your feedback in the field? Because, you know, most of us incrementally in any innovation, we want to, you know, we're always told do the one thing, you know, think big, but start really small, solve an easy problem, find a quick win. But to do something holistic, I almost hear a platform, right? And Facebook had a terrible week this week. So of course I'm thinking, you know what? Let's rip out version one of social media and elevate to... (laughs) Self-health, <laughs> social media platform. Because that, that's where my mind goes. Obviously, you can't simply start there. But so how, how do you get from the holistic vision and moving people along and building health real? Just what, what's that what's that been like? And you know, yeah, how do you tackle, pardon my pun from an NFL perspective, how do you tackle challenges while doing all of this and being the example and then building a company?
2: So I think that some of the standard guidance when it comes to business, right? Like when I'm doing my MBA, you know, if you're going to be a belt maker, just make belts. Don't start making shoes and hats and shirts, right? Make belts really, really good. And when you start turning a profit, then take some of that money and start building the next thing. That's cool for belts, right? But if you truly want to solve problems, you can't just say, oh, I'm just going to address nutrition. Well, what if the person's Problem with food started with some trauma event that revolves around their mental and emotional health, and you don't know that, right? Because I believe that mental health drives everything. If you don't get your mind and your head right and your heart right, all their, us- all their other stuff is bullshit because it's not sustainable. Because whatever's causing trauma, if it's not addressed, it will continue to wreak havoc on you and whoever you're connected with. That's just that's what I believe, and so I started Health Real strictly from the body composition piece, because I think that was the hardest thing to build. We have a, a computer vision-based neural network that allows you to use any smart device. My original catchphrase was, we turn smart devices into health devices, right? So if you have a camera, if you have a smartphone or an iPad or a tablet with a, with a camera on it, you can upload a video and we can give you a body composition assessment. We can give you information about metabolism, Active metabolic rate, resting metabolic rate, caloric deficit data. We could basically have the components to teach you how to lose weight. But maybe your weight issue is from something else, right? So, as time went on, the more important piece was actually the easier piece, which is the mental health component. So then I said, you know what? We need to add an assessment here that gets to better understand the individuals that we're dealing with. I don't want to do anything cookie cutter. So, as time went on, I came up with additional data points, right? And although the computer vision neural network body composition piece is the hardest, the idea behind creating this holistic vision and view flies in the, in the face of entrepreneurial conventional wisdom because I am tackling multiple things because we're talking about humans. We're not talking about belts, right? We're not talking about inanimate objects, if I don't understand how trauma affects traditional health performance, I'm going to lose a ton of potential business, but I'm also not going to be able to really solve people's problems because I'm not getting to the root of their issue, right? What we know is that depression and anxiety lead to obesity, and allegedly obesity leads to depression and anxiety, but I think depression, anxiety, and stress is the major culprit, right? We need to we need to get there and, and deal with that now. In business right now, and and COVID has only accelerated some of this stuff, mental health has really become a big issue. And there's been a lot of new entrants into the mental, the virtual and digital mental health space. Right. And the way I see myself is that I've always known this is important, but it took a pandemic to bring VCs and others to the table to say, you know what? It's amazing that you're doing something that very few companies, Amazon Halo is the closest to what Reel does in, re, in regard to body composition information, but we were doing it before them. But Amazon Amazon also does have a stress component that it's adding in as well. We're adding in stress, depression, anxiety as well too. So when I know somebody's not listening to me is when they come and they sit down with me and they start telling me about how I should just make belts and not worry about shoes. And I say, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You clearly don't understand how human performance works. So I have to dismiss this really smart person that went to Harvard because they don't get that I'm trying to deal with human beings and helping them self-actualize. I'm not making shoes and belts. You know what I mean? So I have tried to break the mold and reestablish what I think is the right approach to building a digital self health company with people and business folks that have no concept of that. They never thought about it because in their mind, it wasn't an option to make money on. You know what I mean? But now it is. So in some ways, I'm kind of trailblazing my own path, figuring out what the right mix is in regard to not spreading myself too thin on one data point, but also looking at people holistically. Femi, uh, I
3: can't tell you how, how much I appreciate the way that you're looking at this problem. It's humans are a complex machine every one unique, but like you said, those angles, and it's it's really interesting for me to think about it in terms of our business. What we've enabled our customers to do is bring together data from previously sort of maybe stove piped environments to get that complete view. And it was that opportunity that allowed them to see all the angles that were ultimately causing the problem and to find the opportunity. And you're bringing this to undoubtedly more complex type of challenge. So it's really interesting. So the question I've gotten, maybe Mark, I may be, you know, jumping ahead is, you know, clearly part of your platform, it sounds is, is the uh, engaging with that user to, to help them comprehend what they're looking at it. But how prepared are people to really honestly look at this information? It's a, a I know I've I've had, I've used Strava, I've used Apple Fitness, I've used everything that throws all this data at me. And, you know, if if I were going to, I need somebody to keep me honest and say, why do you work your tail off three, four days a week and sit on your butt the remaining three? I just, I kind of, you know, it's that glaring thing of me needing something that helps really point out where some of my challenges are in terms of reaching some of my health goals.
2: Yeah, I think that beyond the assessment and education piece, I definitely want to have a a piece that is empathetic and compassionate. And we're going to have this weekly feature. It's going to be a three to five minute video. We're going to tackle one problem each week. I'm going to be the one creating it. It'll be me on the camera, me, you know, looking at Health Reel and and the fundamental components of it, starting with, with trauma and breaking trauma down and then breaking down the other levers from a motivational standpoint to say, look, I get how life happens. I understand how we can get distracted. I I understand how we can get caught up in work. And then we're too tired to be good parents or we're too tired to be good spouses or we're too tired to do almost anything. Right. My, I don't want to say it's a cautionary tale, but we are there to point out what that type of mindset has done to your health. Right. We're going to show you with numbers, but then, from a humanistic standpoint, we're going to remove the numbers and also kind of give you some guidance on how this has happened and, and what to do about it. Cause I think, like you said, just throwing numbers at people with definitions, that's good enough for some people. And I could probably have a really successful business just doing that because there's enough early adopters out there and enough people that care about that to have a very good business. But the goal is not just to have a really good business. You know, the goal is to have. A world where we have more self-actualized people than less self-actualized people. And the way to do that is not a one-size-fits-all approach. You know, obviously the way that we gather data is is pretty simple. We've got that pretty, that user experience pretty streamlined out. But most of us are suboptimal in regard to where we are. And we get so accustomed to it, we normalize suboptimal living and we make it normal. But in reality, it's not normal. And so it takes somebody that has the balls but also the touch to say, hey, you're not your best self. Let me tell you why you're not. And let me give you a, let me take you on this journey with me for a year. And let's tackle each of the problems that I see in a positive way. And if you fall off, you just get back on because guess what? We fall off all the time, right? There's times we struggle. We have issues. We have problems. I recognize that. You might you might turn away for two months, but when you come back, I'll be right here. Like, hey, let's tap back on. Let's get another assessment done. Let's see what's happened in the last two months. Here's the new strategy. And as you improve, or if you, devolve we recalibrate everything each time you do an assessment so it's not like you're going to see the same numbers over and over again as you change the data changes the cool thing is is that this this journey this 52 week video journey that i'm going to take people on there'll be something in there for everyone because through my time as an athlete as a practitioner a personal trainer as a nutritionist i've heard all of it you know whether it's you know women telling me they don't want to lift weights because they're gonna get bulky, which is bullshit. No woman's getting bulky from lifting weights, that doesn't happen, that's not reality, to you know, gut health issues and supplementation and people that potentially are vegans versus you know flexible eaters versus vegetarians. There's no one size fits all, and there's a lot of myths out there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give people Health real is diet agnostic and technically exercise agnostic. My goal is for you to is is starts with frequency, doing something consistently. Next is how long you do it. And intensity is the least important thing. I care more about you doing something every day for some given amount of time and let's seeing what the results are. Right. So I believe that through this video component that we're going to be adding in this 52 week journey that I'm going to take people on that the data will come alive a bit because I'm tackling the problems that I hear all the time. They're anecdotal. They're, they're misinformation based. They are things that we think are problems, but it it could be the, the actual root of the issue might not be what you think it is. You know what I mean? Your body does all its best work while you're sleeping. So you might be thinking that it's your food, it's your exercise, it could be sleep, and you didn't know it. And maybe this video that I'm going to create is going to be like, you know what, you're only sleeping four hours a night, your body can't do anything in four hours, you're not going to process, digest, you're not going to do anything, you're not going to feel good. People don't realize how important sleep hygiene is. And so that's just one thing that I picked out. But I definitely think Mm -hmm. the data on its own, just giving people information without education and some some entertainment value i don't think those things have long legs i want to hit people with art design entertainment information and stuff that's personal and built around them there's no cookie cutter shit in what i do Mm-hmm. And, and, and Andrew, I, I know you asked me a simple question and I just gave you a five minute answer. Mm-hmm. I hope the answer is in there somewhere. <laughs> it, it is. And I'm,
3: I'm telling you, it's just amazing how many similarities there are. Our chief data officer who does a ton of podcasts, I just watched him on one where he was talking about having an engaging topic being the most important thing for getting business, the, your business users to, to come in and get involved around analytics you're saying the same thing. Like there's the data dorks, you know, the people who just want power meters on their bikes and want cadence step counts on their, in their shoes. And then there's the people who are sitting there going, entertain me, keep me engaged, give me motivation, a story. And it's the same whether we're talking business analytics or we're sitting there trying to motivate someone to make positive life changes for their health. I, I love the the similarities we find in just talking through this.
2: Yeah, I think what will happen is, is that, The person on the other end or the trainer on the other end or the gym owner with a small business on the other end or the corporate wellness organization on the other end. Because we have a B2B to C platform and we have a direct to consumer option on this and we can integrate through API as well. So I think that with the options that I'm going to create in a subliminal way, I think that people will latch on to what entertains them or keeps them coming back, whether it's data, entertainment or some combination of the two or just the whole holistic integrated concept, right? So people are gonna latch onto it for different reasons and I don't care what the reason is, I just want them to take it and use it and be the best versions of themselves.
1: So real quick, so the the journey, let's talk about this, the 52 week journey for a minute. I have a couple different groups in mind. I'm thinking of the retirees and where we work in the federal government We're talking to many folks in the workforce space who are looking at the baby boomer retirement as a deluge, right? Like they're going to leave the market and their money is going to go and their time is going to go into their own activities, right? And back to work, or should say back to the office, because everybody's been working, could be a triggering event where a lot of government folks move on. And that's an interesting theme. Then they have to be backfilled by digital natives. So that's one idea. The other we've talked about Femi at length, military fitness. Military fitness with young soldier sailors, you know, airmen, coast guard, uh, all warfighters are moving towards an AI, 5G, gamified world where AR, VR and speed of activities and drones and network centric effects and all this stuff are going to force a level of fitness the mind. You talked about that. So there's the highest performers that you've dealt with, you're obviously an NFL coached player and a player. The coaching that comes out of you as I'm listening to you is like, can I just package that and have that talking to me all day? I'd I'd never stop, right? Like just the amount of energy and that coaching, You know, I played basketball through college and coaching was an instrumental part of getting through hurdles. And so I hear that in your voice, I hear your training, PhD level training and experience and study and focus. And this NASA algorithm that you have is this amazing package. I inserted that in there so you can talk about it. I didn't want to forget. But the military has a significant need to increase fitness and improve fitness at the high level, not unlike an NFL athlete. And then what Andrew is talking about, just us normal folks who are trying to live our best version of ourselves where we're not going to be coached up. I mean, unless a platform like this creates sort of an experience. So... Two things. How do we deal with back-to-the-office challenges, potentially, you know, folks in, in the government, but not just in the government, uh, that, that could be new workers coming in that use these devices as part of just how they think about their work? Can organizations, can even the government accommodate that? How, how do we need to be thinking and get ready for this level of work And then the military, military fitness. Those are both groups that we spend a lot of time with. We have support those who have data about each. How does what you have potentially for folks who are listening in and think, I want to get involved in that. And then what does the 52-week journey look for, you know, the high-level person, the high-level athlete, like in the military or in the NFL, or I'll say somebody like me who just is trying to be, like you said, consistent. And at least be doing a little bit of something every day. H- help us on that fo- on that side.
2: Yeah, the cool thing about Health Reel is that we don't care who you are. We, we accept everybody equally. You can be a Green Beret, a Navy SEAL. Um, you could be a type 2 diabetic who struggled with your weight your whole life. You could be an NFL athlete. You could be an Olympian. The bottom line is, is that we're going to assess you the same. We're going to make recommendations the same. Mental health does not care about how successful you are. You know what I mean? And I think the beauty of health real is, is because we're really trying to meet people where they are. The most important thing is not your occupation. It's the fact that you're a human being and we all struggle with something at some point along the way. And we can identify what those issues are and hopefully make some recommendations or at least point you in the right direction in regard to being healthier. Now, Keep in mind that think of Health Reel like Uber. And what I mean by that is that you have passengers, which are people looking for guidance, like customers looking for coaching. And then you have the drivers, which are the practitioners, like the strength and conditioning coaches, the personal trainers, right? So there will be at some point a app for the trainer that can onboard their clients. And just imagine if we just expand that, that's a corporate wellness organization or a health insurance company or the military, right? We are partnering with them. We can use their practitioners or we can find our own practitioners. Their so the soldiers, right? Are the customers, the riders looking to get help, right? So that concept can bend to any industry, any number of folks, you know, we, we don't need to necessarily change much of what we do because at the end of the day, a human is a human is a human. That's how we look at it. So a lot of times doesn't matter
1: like a worker, a corporate, an organization could say, hey, this is a benefit. You guys are coming back to the office. Like I did meetings two weeks ago, two days worth of meetings and one dinner. I was exhausted. I felt like I ran a marathon and it was back, you know, two years ago. That's like a normal week. So so people can look at this as an option, potentially as a corporate benefit or obviously what you said, like sort of the elite level, the military, wherever.
2: That's awesome. I think that a lot of times people see me and they think, oh, this is niche. This is for professional athletes. No, 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 no. Don't don't let don't look at me and think that I'm building something for me. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I, this is not this is not for me per se. Of course, it could be for people like me. I I definitely use it. You know what I mean? And the reasons I use it might not be the same reasons that you use it, but it's irrelevant. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different assessment and education components, as we as I alluded to with Andrew earlier everyone's going to be able to find something. And this 52-week journey, to kind of put a cap on that, it's going to talk about things that are relevant to everybody. So you're not going to skip any week. You're going to hear that week, and you're going to be motivated to focus on that thing and be like, am am I doing what Femi said or am I not doing what Femi said? Whether you're, like I said, whether you're a a Navy SEAL or a school teacher in D.C., it, it does not matter because I'm breaking things down on a human level, not an occupational level, not on you being a world-class athlete, not your accomplishments. It's about making you better than you are, regardless of where you are right now.
0: Going back to the military just for a second. I don't know if you guys saw this sobering article today, but active duty suicide rates hit an all-time high in 2020, 28.7 per 100,000. And this is like, since they started um, recording these in 2008. So I think, you know, bringing it back to not just physical health wellness for military, but that mental health piece as well.
2: Yeah. So I've seen some staggering information about young folks and young folks in the military in regard to like war fighting preparedness, obesity and being overweight, how unprepared some of these soldiers are. And I think the cool thing about health reel is that we are a we can be a warning, right? We can trigger something as to elicit some type of intervention. If we see someone trending in the wrong direction, depression going up, anxiety going up, well, the person didn't just commit suicide that day because they were great yesterday, right? Things, negative mental states, they happen over time, right? The onset isn't just uh, uh, right. It doesn't just happen like that. Right. And that's the same thing with with um, being overweight, obese or having type two diabetes. It's gradual. The cool thing about health real is that we can get a snapshot of somebody and we can watch them. Right. We have every single report that they do and we can watch which direction they're trending in. And then we can have some type of intervention, some type of of, of event where we say this person needs help. Like, we already know based on past information that if this continues for X amount of time, this is going to be the outcome. And that outcome could be something as horrible as suicide or as bad as turning to a type 2 diabetic based on A1C, right? So the goal here is, is to cast the light onto something that is problematic and then also intervene and do something about it. There's very few tools that you can carry in your pocket that can do that in five minutes. We can do that in five minutes.
1: So. Let's get folks that are probably ready to start with the 52-week journey and then those who are like, oh, the credential folks. Okay. So, tell us about your NASA algorithm and the underlying sort of guts of HealthRail. I know I've had a chance to learn about that. I've been impressed. And even the the kinds of add-ons that, you know, you bring bring your own tools and devices and your own workouts, it can integrate with things that are already happening because you really focus on on the data and you're very thoughtful about that. It's just Walk us through that. And of course, the next question is going to be where do folks go to get started on the journey or, or when, when do you release?
2: Yeah, exactly. So we're in beta right now. We're trying to close our Series A round of funding. And once we close that round of funding, we'll complete the go-to-market uh, platform. And I'm looking for like Q1, Q2 of 2022 for that to be done. And once again, it'll be like I said, like Uber. There'll be the the practitioner side and there'll be the direct-to-consumer side, right? And the cool thing is we'll allow practitioners and business to onboard their customers in their own kind of a secured space, so to speak, right? So what was the first question that you asked me now? Yeah, the NASA so, algorithm that got started. Yeah, so sorry, this is sorry, sorry. This, so. by the yeah. way,
1: tax dollars at work, right? So NASA has- Yes, rolled sorry this- about
2: that. Yeah, sorry. So NASA, just just to be clear, I have an amazing relationship with NASA. They provide us with one key data point, which is called corrected BMI. So when you think of BMI, right? BMI is really just a, a volume to surface ratio equation. It's not perfect. It's very flawed. And let me let me tell you, let me give you an example. Um, I'm 6'2", 225, and my body fat is about 12%, okay? Another person can be 6'2", 225, 6'2", 225, and their body fat could be 25%. They're obese. Our BMI is the same. But I promise you, we don't look the same. We don't function the same. I guarantee you our A1C, our resting heart rate, Almost every metric would say that I'm healthy and that person is not. But BMI would say that we're both obese. That's the problem with BMI. And that same issue does not, does not matter what race you are. doesn't matter what age you are. It's a problem across the board. The cool thing about corrected BMI is that there's a body fat percentage calculation, which we can do. And then we can really give people a more accurate version of BMI. If it was up to me, I would throw BMI off the window altogether. But the issue is, is that when you go see a doctor starting at, you know, four five, six doctors are giving kids BMI scores. Right. Parents know what BMI is to some degree. So that means adults know what BMI is to some degree. So I'm just I'm I, body fat is a much more robust data point, but body fat has only come more into vogue. In the last 15 years, athletes have been using body fat way longer than anybody else, and it's way more important to teams, coaches, and strength and conditioning coaches than BMI is. So what I'm trying to do is take a data point like body fat, which was pretty much relegated to high-level, world-class athletes, Division One athletes, and I'm trying to make it mainstream by allowing that calculation to be done through a smart device. And corrected BMI is there as a proxy Mm -hmm. because it's something people are familiar with. That's why I have corrected BMI in there.
1: What's oh, so funny. There's a whole conversation here around data literacy. Why do people yeah. use the the data points that they do? Because they look to the person on the right of them and the left of them and say, that, I guess that's what we just use. And there's got to be an evolution of what types of metrics really point to the ground truth that matters.
2: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I think that body fat percentage is a way more robust data point in regard to physical fitness right now we can use other ones too right you know resting heart rate blood pressure there's there's a ton of different ones there's some that are you know super hot that are you know in vogue right now you know oxygenation is another one that's come Mm -hmm. up as of late there's there's a ton right now obviously i'm drawing a blank at the moment i want to like rattle them off but i'm not able to right now but yeah irrelevant but i think you guys know what i'm saying some of it is super wonky but i think some of those body
1: hackers right there's this whole other industry of folks that are going on their own and sort of getting rid of traditional medicine. That's a longer conversation, but there's a day literacy part of that too. And how does money get paid out for medical claims and those sorts of things. So what I love about this is there's a systemic story around data and really over to Courtney or Andrew. I mean, I could go on forever, I guess, as we wrap up and there's not going to be an easy one because we could just keep going. Courtney, Andrew, thoughts as we conclude, and or at least pause for now, Femi and, uh, Looking forward to seeing what happens on your journey.
0: I just can't let this conversation go any further without mentioning that both Femi and I are Cary Business School alumni.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Courtney, <laughs> I know, did you tell me that before, Courtney? No. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. No,
0: I didn't realize it until I looked you up on LinkedIn after we last spoke.
2: Yeah. Johns Hopkins. We're everywhere. Yes. We're the best and the brightest. You know it. Harvard, what? Stanford, what? No. Hopkins. Let's go. <laughs> yeah family i
3: i as i said i've i've been i've been a long time data collector but my wife who's a social worker m- much more focused on the mental wellness side of things constantly trying to get me in touch with that aspect of what makes my uh, clock tick uh, or not tick on any uh, given day uh, she'll love this story. Uh, I, I can't wait to talk to her about uh, the platform you're building and the way that you're looking at health. So I I love it. And again, we talked a little bit in the, as we were prepping, empowerment for self-health through data is so exciting. We're watching so many different ways that uh, groups are being empowered through data right now and what we do and and this is just a great venture that you've uh, put together here. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, thank you for the time and for those who uh want to learn more, what's one step that folks can
2: take? Just go to healthreal.com are yeah. there any recommendations? Yeah, go to healthreal.com. Um if you have an iPhone, you'll have to download TestFlight and then if you download TestFlight because the app is in beta and Apple has these rules about beta app beta apps, you have to have TestFlight. It's not a big deal. It's private. Once you download TestFlight and, and if you just go to my website and you download from the Apple Play Store. But once again, it has to be through my website. It'll force you to download TestFlight anyway. And then you can take the app for a spin for free. You don't need any kind of code. You know, there, there's, there's no extra barriers to entry on it. You literally can download it and use it. And if you have an Android phone. I personally prefer Android. I know people are gonna be like, oh my God, what? It's better, sorry people, it's better. It is just better. You're so um, competitive, I love this. Right, yeah, but um, I do have both. So um, if you go to the Google Play Store, you can just type in Health Reel and it pop right up and uh, Google doesn't have those same rules with beta apps and you can create a profile, you can use the app as often as you like. It's completely anonymous and free and it helps us aggregate more training data as well. Yeah.
1: Tami Ayan Badejo. you heard it here. We uh, can't wait to have you back and, and learn more how it went and uh, all the best. Thanks for your time. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Sunny.